Hi there. I'm Sue Elvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 88. And today, I've got lots of things I want to talk about. Casual jobs, falling down holes, fathers and daughters spending time together, exercise. What do we do when our kids refuse to exercise? Dogs who refuse to exercise. My Australia Day baby. And I have a science resource to share with you as well. I am going to start with the weather. I know in a previous podcast, I pondered the question, is it good conversation to talk about the weather? And most people would say no. That's rather a boring topic. But the weather seems to have taken control of our lives at the moment. It's such a big feature. When I got up this morning, I was already very hot. But despite the heat, Imogen, Gemma Rose, Sophie and I walked down the road to go for a run before breakfast. I think it was about half past six this morning. Looking at the weather conditions later on, I think that the humidity was over 90%. Well, there is no doubt that we felt it. We were dripping wet by the time we walked home. Actually, before we walked home, I lay on the grass in the park. I ran, I think, 5.75k, and that's all I could do this morning. And then I lay down on the grass, and the grass was deliciously wet. And we pondered why there would be such a heavy dew, because last night was very hot. Yes, it seemed a miracle to us, but a miracle that I was rather thankful for. Yeah, I was like the dog, rolling over in the wet grass, trying to cool down. I'm going to be talking some more about exercise later on in this podcast. Some more about our lazy dog, too. But first I want to tell you a hot hugging story. After we got home this morning and we got showered, had breakfast, did our morning chores, got the day going, Sophie approached me with her arms stretched out. Can I have a hug, Mum? And I said to her, oh, no, 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 not this morning. It is just too hot. If we hug, we're going to get even hotter. And Gemma Rose grinned, and she said, you have to hug us, Mum. That's what mothers do. They're always available to hug their children. Sometimes mothers have to do the difficult things, like hugging on a hot day. Yes, life for a mother isn't always easy, especially in the middle of summer. I've just about had enough this summer, and I shouldn't complain, because I know that winter will arrive all too soon, sort of wishing our lives away. Before we know it, it'll be the middle of the year. Because for adults, I don't know if you found this, but time goes so quickly. I read an article once about how time goes at a logarithmic speed for adults. As we get older, it seems to pass by quicker and quicker. But time is different for children. One day can seem like a week, whereas for me, one year sometimes feels like a week. Yes, the days pass far too quickly, and my girls are growing up far too quickly as well. Need to slow down and appreciate every single moment of every single day. So I'm not going to complain about the heat. 
Well, I hope not too much. Summer doesn't just involve being hot and sticky, being uncomfortable. It also has the real danger for us of a bushfire approaching. Because it is such a hot day today, I did go and have a look at my app, Fires Near Us, to see if there are any bushfires burning close to us, because I know there are a number of fires burning in our state of New South Wales. But fortunately for us, the nearest fire is about 56 kilometres away, so we can relax today despite the hot wind that's blowing. It's a real sort of bushfire wind, that's what we call them. Because we know that if a fire did begin today, it wouldn't take very long for it to spread. It is actually a total fire ban day today. And this means that the tracks through the bush, down the main fire trail, are out of bounds. Except we forgot about that this morning. We'd actually done our run before I even considered what kind of day it was. Well, I knew it was hot, but I hadn't considered that it was a total fire ban day until we were walking home. But none of us got caught up in a fire. There wasn't one down there. At the entrance to our village, there is a fire danger ratings board. There's two other boards just like it on the way to town. And every time I do go to town, as I'm turning onto the road that leads out of our village, I always glance at the board to see what kind of fire danger day it is. It's a semicircular board, well the board is rectangular, but there's a semicircle upon the board with a big arrow. And someone from the rural fire service changes the position of the arrow every day according to the conditions. The lowest rating is low to moderate fire danger. Then there's high, very high, severe, extreme and catastrophic. It's been a couple of years since we had catastrophic fire danger. On those types of days, we hope that we won't get a bushfire, because yes, it will be a catastrophe. On those sort of days, we are advised to leave the area, which I think is rather funny. Well, not funny, but it doesn't make sense. Because how can thousands of people in this area pack up and leave? and goes somewhere else, leaving all the shops, all the offices, all the schools, all the homes empty. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense at all. So of course, on a catastrophic fire danger day, we stay at home. We don't actually go anywhere at all. Just keep our eyes on the news, make sure that a bushfire hasn't begun and it's not blowing our way. As I said, it's been a long, hot summer, and so far we haven't had any catastrophic days, even though we've had lots and lots of uncomfortable weather days. And I'm thankful for that. So, yes, I'm not complaining. I'm being thankful for the fact that though I'm very hot, we haven't got a bushfire on our doorstep. We don't have to worry at the moment. A bushfire did arrive three years ago, it was burning just down the road. And I've told this story before quite a few times, so I'm not going to repeat it again. But I always wonder, what would happen if a bushfire arrived as quickly as that one did and I wasn't home, but my children were? Well, we have a plan. And the plan is that the kids would walk up 
to the village where there is a place of last resort. Those words just send a shiver down my back. A place of last resort. The place is actually the rural fire service building. And they don't really want everybody to gather there if people have somewhere else to go. Yes, a place of last resort. But it is good to know it's there. Because as I said, if some of my children are at home, the ones that can't drive and they don't have a vehicle to get out of the village, there's somewhere safe where they can gather. A place that hopefully other people will look after them, make sure that they're not in any danger. So that's my weather story. It is a very hot day. I'm sitting in my bedroom here with the windows closed to reduce the noise. And the fan isn't on because I did turn it on and then I thought, well, perhaps the fan noise will record in my podcast. So I'm getting a bit sticky. But on to the next story. The next story is about Sophie and her casual job as a kitchen hand at a local cafe. Well, the cafe isn't that local. It takes her about, I don't know, 40 minutes to get there in one of the other villages in our area. My son Duncan takes Sophie to work. I don't have to drive her. He works in the kitchen as an apprentice chef. I think I'll say a few words about Duncan at this point. He's one of those children that we worry about. You probably know what I mean. The ones that don't seem to fit in. The ones that you wonder how they're going to cope with the world. They have different talents. They're too gentle. They don't see the world in the same way as most people. Yes, I've done my share of worrying about Duncan. But then again, I've also done my share of saying, I'm going to trust that he will be okay. He'll find some job that he's good at. Some people who appreciate his talents, his skills, and the type of person he is. Well, I think that he has got there. The girls and I went out to the cafe a week or so ago just to have a look and see where Sophie and Duncan are working because we'd never been there before. And we got to see Duncan in action in the kitchen. And my, he is such a confident worker. He seems to know exactly what he's doing, he loves what he's doing, and he's appreciated. So I think that the point of this story is that if we do trust, our children will indeed find a place for themselves, work that they're good at, people that will appreciate who they are. Yeah, sometimes it can seem to take an awful long time, but they get there in the end. So, Sophie and the other girls and I, we went to the cafe a week or so ago just to have morning tea and to try out waffles. That's what we were going for. Duncan had told us that the waffles are good and they're worth trying. Now, I know a lot of you probably eat waffles a lot. Maybe every day. I don't know. But we had never tasted waffles. It's not something that's on the everyday menu here. I know a few places that sell waffles and you can buy frozen waffles in the supermarket, though I'm sure that they're nothing like the real thing. But we don't make waffles. We don't have a waffle maker. We do make pancakes, but not waffles. 
I still haven't tasted waffles because when I got to the cafe, I got tempted by a caramel nut slice. I decided to try that instead. But a couple of the girls did have their waffles together with some fresh fruit, some blueberries and some strawberries and some maple syrup. And they told me that they were very delicious. So now they've tasted waffles. They happen to be very expensive waffles too. I was quite amazed at the price that they were selling them for. It's probably just as well that before I left home, I checked my emails. And I had an email from Kindle Direct Publishing. You might know that I've self-published a couple of children's novels, The Angels of Abbey Creek and The Angels of Gumtree Road. They're available on Amazon as paperbacks, but they're also available as Kindle eBooks. And the email was telling me that I had earned some royalties from the sale of my books. Now the girls all got very excited. How much did you earn, Mum? Well, there was a link there to my Kindle account, and I had to go and follow it and sign in and to find out exactly how much money I had earned. And I couldn't be bothered doing that, because the last time I did that, I didn't actually earn that much. Just enough to go out and have coffee with Andy. A small treat. So I don't know how much money I earned. Coffee money, probably. But even coffee money is something to celebrate. I earned a bit of money of my own. And that feels really good. And Sophie is earning money of her own now that she has a job at the cafe. She's been saving it up in her bank account, trying to decide what she's going to buy first. She'll be able to buy some photographic equipment that she has her eye on. Some things that will further her passions. Now, Sophie had to miss half a day of work on Saturday, so she didn't get paid as much as she was hoping this week. And the reason that she finished work soon after lunch was because she had an injury. The previous day, she was in the front part of the cafe. She'd been sent out to find somebody, one of the managers. She stepped behind the counter, and all of a sudden, she disappeared. Retelling the story later, we all imagined the customers at the tables watching Sophie go behind the counter, and then all of a sudden, she wasn't there. Where had she gone? Well, actually, she'd fallen straight down a trap door that leads to the cellar. One of her fellow workers was down in the cellar getting some cold drinks. He was on his way back up the concrete steps when Sophie came hurtling towards him, and she landed two steps ahead of him. He said it was like being in a horror movie. He never expected to see somebody flying towards him as he was coming out of the cellar. He also said he thought he was lucky that he didn't get his neck broken by Sophie landing on top of him. If he hadn't been two steps away from her, he could have been injured as well. Well, I think that if he had been up a step or two, he might have tried to catch her. She went thump, thump on the concrete steps, and now she's covered in bruises, huge ones, and her leg and her arm have swollen up. She picked herself up and climbed back up the steps, and everybody gathered around and had a look at her, made her sit down, have a cup of tea. She was told she could take the rest of the day off, 
Not that she did. After about an hour or so, she got back to work. I think that was before she realised how big her injuries were. By the next day, she was really aching. This morning she came for a walk while the rest of us went for a run, but that's the first exercise she's done in a few days. It has been a bit disappointing for her because she is passionate about exercise. Over the school holidays, she persuaded my husband Andy to get her a free trial at the local gym. Well, the local gym, the gym in town, which is about 20 minutes drive away. So for a whole week, Andy took Sophie to the gym and he taught her how to use all the machines. And she loved it. Now I don't think I'd like to spend lots of time in the gym. I tried that once and it didn't appeal to me whatsoever. But Sophie's different from me. She loves all the strength training exercises. She likes to challenge herself in lifting heavier and heavier weights. And there's only so much you can do at home with dumbbells. I think Andy really enjoyed taking Sophie, sharing one of his interests with her. Having some father-daughter time with her. Also, he seemed more keen to go to the gym than normal. And I think that's because it's always easier to exercise when you have a buddy to do it with. I know that I much prefer going for a run in the morning if some of the girls come with me. I'll still go without them, but it is a lot more fun if we're walking down there together and afterwards we're comparing distances, high-fiving each other, talking about breakfast on the way back. And so that's what Sophie and Andy have been doing, being gym buddies, talking weights and strength training coming home with tales of the gym to share with everybody else. Father-daughter time. This reminds me of a podcast, I think it was episode 7. I interviewed Andy and Imogen, I think, at the same time. And Imogen was talking about spending time with her dad and how sharing interests with a father helps bonds grow strong. She talked about all the things that she and the other girls do with Andy, things that they enjoy doing together. I'm not going to repeat all those things, but you can listen to episode 7 if you want to hear more about how fathers and daughters can spend time together. I'm not sure it's a very good episode. Being number 7, it was in those days when I wasn't really very relaxed. And I think Andy wasn't relaxed either. Probably the only person who was relaxed was Imogen. Now I haven't been going to the gym, but I have been doing some new form of exercise over the last few weeks. I'm still running, but in between I've been mixing in some dance routines, some video workouts. I started googling Zumba. I have a funny story on my blog about Zumba. It's called A Doctor's Waiting Room Education. When Gemma Rose was seven, I had to take her to the doctors, and we spent a lot of time in the doctor's waiting room. We must have been there for more than an hour. And while we were there, we watched one of these sunrise morning shows on the TV. It was impossible to ignore it blaring out in the corner. 
We learnt a lot that morning, and one of the things we learnt about was Zumba. Gemma Rose, that is, seven-year-old Gemma Rose, told me that Zumba wasn't something I could do, because look, Mum, look what they're wearing. She didn't think that they were wearing mother kind of clothes. I suppose that's right. I wouldn't really want to reveal my body in those tight, skimpy clothes. And I said to Gemma Rose, couldn't I do Zumba wearing normal exercise clothes? A pair of shorts and a loose t-shirt, perhaps. And so that's what I've been doing. And I've also been doing it in my bedroom because I wouldn't want to do Zumba in public. Because I have two left feet. I'm sure I look very funny as I'm trying to dance. Now I had a look at some of the videos on the Zumba YouTube channel, but I found a channel that I prefer. It's called Refit Revolution. I like the idea behind the channel. It's not just promoting exercise for vanity reasons, to make us look good. It's promoting exercise as being beneficial in many, many ways. Yes, we feel better when we're fit, and anybody can get fit. Some of their videos feature less than perfect bodies, unlike some of the other channels. The ones that are recorded in their public studio show all kinds of people, young and old, slim and rather overweight people. But every single person has a smile on their face. Everybody is welcome. I like that idea, especially as I don't have a perfect body and I'm no longer young and beautiful. So there's some free playlists of workouts on their YouTube channel, Refit Revolution. I've been working my way through some of them. But if you like dancing and you want more, they also have a subscription. For a monthly fee, you get access to other videos that they've recorded just for their subscription channel. I haven't actually signed up for that yet because I'm still working my way through the free videos. And with my running, I don't want to do video workouts every day anyway. I've been alternating them. A long run one day, a short run and a video workout the next. And that's been working out very well. Now what if our kids refuse to exercise? You've probably gathered that every person in our family exercises. We'll enjoy exercising together. But what if a child refused to exercise? How do we encourage children to get active? Well, I don't think that I have the answer to this question. But I can share a few of our experiences. I think being a good example is a lot of the answer. Being willing to have a go. Being willing to try what interests our children. You might remember that I had a season of doing fitness blender workouts with Sophie because these were what she was interested in doing. And she gave me an invitation and eventually I accepted that invitation. And I think I did an eight-week workout program with her. And she was delighted that I would exercise with her, doing what she liked. There are lots of different ways to exercise. We don't all have to exercise the same way. Lots of different choices. Playing games, going for runs, going for walks. 
getting involved in team sport, which is not something we have a great deal of experience with. Imogen did a couple of seasons of indoor soccer with a team, and my son Callum did the same thing, and also he played outdoor soccer. But generally, we haven't been involved in Saturday morning uh, sports. But I don't know if just being a good example is enough for some people. I remember when my daughter Felicity was a teenager. She's our eldest child. She hated exercise. I would say to her, how about going for a walk? You need to get outside, get some fresh air. And she refused to do anything. I got so worried about her from a health point. She was a little overweight and she was doing nothing active. And I resorted to saying to her, come on, you have to do some exercise. I'd make her put on her shoes and then I would walk her like a dog down the street. And she would follow me along the street, a few paces behind, looking thoroughly miserable. She would go as slow as she could. And in the end, I would get so frustrated. I would turn around and yell at her, come on, I'm doing this for you. You need to exercise. It's good for your health. Eventually, I'd turn around and go home with her trailing along behind me. I'd given up. She'd won. Now looking back, there was another part to this story. My daughter Felicity was suffering from a mental illness at that time, an undiagnosed mental illness. Since then, she has been told that she has bipolar disorder. So I think her mental health had a lot to do with the fact that she wasn't interested in coming out and being active with the rest of the family. She got depressed a lot and she didn't want to go out. She wasn't open to my suggestions. But her experience has taught me one thing. We can't make our children exercise. What I was doing with Felicity wasn't really exercise. It was an exercise in frustration. We were battling. It did nothing for our relationship whatsoever. It did nothing for Felicity's health. Now normally I don't talk about the problems with my older children, but you can find this story on my blog because Felicity gave me permission to write it. It's one of the stories in my mental illness series. So I've come to believe that there are lots of things we can't force our kids to do. We can't force our kids to eat. We can't force our kids to learn. We can't force our kids to exercise. Even though in all three cases we think we can and we do our best to make our kids do what we think they should do. Of course, we want them to do these things because we believe it is good for them. We're not being tyrants. We just want healthy well-educated children. And so I guess that's why we battle on when it is obvious that we're having no success. So I suppose children have to come to the point where they want to exercise. They want to be healthy. Surrounding them with a healthy environment, good food, the example of other people doing interesting and fun and challenging things, maybe. I don't know. I haven't got the perfect answer to that one. But if you've been in this situation and you do know the answer, 
Perhaps you'd like to stop by on my blog and share your story. Now, one member of the family can be forced to exercise, and that's Nora, our dog. Normally, she loves exercising. She's quite eager to go down the road and have a run. She'll run 6K with me, no problem whatsoever. But I've noticed that sometimes she thinks that she's in control. We'll run down the main fire trail. We get to a certain point down the hill. I'll turn around, run back up again, do a loop at the top around the park, and then I'll head back down the main fire trail and do it all over again. But sometimes, when I get halfway down the main trail on the second loop, Nora sits down. She refuses to budge. And it doesn't matter how much I pull, she won't move. She's quite heavy, I think about 25 kilos. And the look on her face, no, I'm not going to run another step down the path. But if I turn around, she's quite happy to run back up towards the park. And she'll keep on running too, because I've done that, turned her around, ran back up the park, and then done loops at the top without coming down again to the main fire trail. And she keeps on running until I've had enough. It's not the fact she can't run. It's the fact that she just doesn't want to run any further down the main fire trail. Well, after a couple of times of doing this, after sitting down and having me turn around and go in the direction that she wants to go, I got fed up. I just grabbed her collar and I just kept on running. And after a few steps, she gave in and kept running with me. But of course, she had to make some sort of fuss, <laughs> as if I'd been strangling her. But after that, I've had no problems whatsoever. She knows I'm in charge. So, you can force a dog to exercise, but not children. We've all been enjoying running along to new music. Because over Christmas, I got a family subscription to Spotify. Six people that live at the same address can be put on one account. It cost $18 a month. I think it cost 11 or 12 for a single account. I think that this is very good value because the whole six of us are really using Spotify in a big way. We're putting together playlists for running, listening at other times. We've been searching for old music, the music that Andy and I used to listen to when we were a lot younger. There's classical music, operettas like Gilbert and Sullivan, movie soundtracks, that's a favourite in our family, Disney music. The girls have their favourite artists like the Piano Guys and Peter Hollins. At first I didn't know whether everybody would use Spotify. I was a bit hesitant about signing up. But on Christmas Day, after listening to the two same old Christmas albums and getting fed up with them, I suddenly thought, if we belonged to Spotify, we could search the Christmas albums. We could have a load of music that we could listen to. A lot of variety. So about lunchtime on Christmas Day, I got my computer out, signed us up for a family subscription. And everybody went wild. They were all really happy about it. And I said, well, why didn't you say that you really wanted to join Spotify? They said, well, we thought you had lots of other things that you needed to buy, Mum. It was lovely to get that reaction after I'd signed up, and I told the girls that we would trial Spotify for a month and see how we go. 
Well, we are in our second month now, and I think we're going to continue our subscription. So on Christmas Day, we found loads and loads of old albums. We found a Christmas album by Annie Lennox. She's one of the people that Andy and I used to listen to years and years ago. And as I said, we've been searching all the music that were part of our 20s, our teens. People like Debbie Harry, ACDC, Police. I did notice that Sting is still around, still producing albums. Yeah, he's around just like we are still. So we've been putting together running playlists. We've had a few failures. We've listened to other people's playlists. And some of the music is a bit explicit. A lot of coarse language. And as we're running along listening to Spotify music on our iPods or our phones, it is too much trouble to stop and skip a particular track. When we're running, we sort of get into a rhythm, and nobody wants to stop and get their iPod out of the armband and, yeah, as I said, skip a track. So we've been enduring the music that we don't like until we get home and get rid of it. But last night I had this idea. I wonder if there's such a thing as Christian running playlists. Because, of course, Christian music wouldn't have bad language in it. We wouldn't have to worry about it. And yes, there are. There are a number of Christian running playlists. So I downloaded a couple to my iPod, and that's what I ran to this morning. The music's okay. It's not the sort of music that I would like to listen to in a church environment. Too many drums, too loud. I'm rather traditional when it comes to church music. But the music is perfect for running to as I'm running along the bush tracks. Gemma Rose is really excited about running at the moment because she has an iPod. She only had an MP3 player before. And the reason she has an iPod is because she had a birthday last week and Imogen gave Gemma Rose her old iPod as a birthday gift. It's not a very old iPod, maybe a year old. But Imogen hasn't been using it. She's been using her phone. And so her iPod has been sitting in a drawer in her bedroom. And a few days ago, Imogen said to me, I think I'll give Gemma Rose my iPod as a birthday gift. She'll love it. She'll have lots of fun with it. And so that's what she did. Gemma Rose had a birthday on Thursday, which is Australia Day. So she's my Australia Day baby. She turned 13. So we now have three teenagers in the family, which I'm very excited about because I love teenagers. This is the 8th, 13th birthday that we have celebrated. That is, if you don't count Andy's and mine. Those 13th birthdays were too long ago to remember very clearly. Well, I do remember a few details. I remember being unhappy. I didn't like that transition from child to teenager the early years of high school. But my girls are having a totally different experience. Their teenage years are happy ones, unlike mine. So Gemma Rose got an iPod for her birthday, and her eyes nearly popped out of her head when she saw it. She never expected to be the owner of an iPod. I'm not sure Gemma Rose likes having an Australia Day birthday. She was born just a few minutes into Australia Day, 13 years ago. Everybody thinks that's rather special, 
Photographers usually visit local hospitals and take photos of the Australia Day babies. Except they didn't take a photo of Gemma Rose, because by the time they got to the hospital, I'd gone home. I'd gone home as soon as I'd had breakfast. I didn't like hanging about after having a baby. Yes, I just wanted to get home to my own environment. So she wasn't in the newspaper as the first Australia Day baby at our local hospital, even though she was. The reason she's not sure about the merits of having an Australia Day birthday are that everybody is busy on Australia Day. Everybody is celebrating. All families are out having picnics. And so there are very few places that we can go for a birthday picnic that doesn't already contain lots of people. Go down to the local lake and there's family after family after family having picnics and barbecues. The same story happens at other parks and the national park and the beach. Everywhere there are Australian families celebrating Australia Day outdoors with a picnic or a barbecue. This year we thought we'd beat the crowds. We'd have a birthday breakfast picnic. Get down to the park before the crowds got there. So Gemma Rose decided she wanted to go to a local botanic gardens. We packed up the picnic early in the morning and drove half an hour to the botanic gardens. And when we got close to the botanic gardens, we saw that there was going to be some trouble ahead. We saw a sign saying, Local event. Celebrate Australia Day with a free barbecue. And there were cars lined up on both sides of the street for miles. So we turned around. We couldn't stay there. We couldn't even get a car parking spot. We didn't want to celebrate a birthday amongst all those people. So Andy did a bit of Googling on his phone, came up with an alternate location. We found some lakes in the National Park, halfway home. So we turned around and drove back. We went down this dirt road, came upon a beautiful picnic area under the trees. There was nobody there. So we got our esky at the car. We tied the dog to the picnic table. She was rather a trouble, actually. Dogs are allowed in the botanic gardens. They're allowed by the lake. They are not allowed in the national park. And we'd forgotten about this as we were driving down the dirt road. It wasn't until we got to the picnic area and saw the sign, No Dogs Allowed, that we realised. But by that time, we decided that we'd risk it. We weren't going to go somewhere else. So we tied her to the picnic table and hoped nobody would come along. We just finished our breakfast when somebody did come along. and Someone shouted, Sit on the dog. Make it look like she's not here. Though I don't think those people really cared about dogs. They looked like the sort of people who'd bring dogs of their own. They were the first of the Australia Day crowd. Before we'd finished packing up our picnic, a woman said to us, Are you staying? I said, I think we'll go down to the lake and have a quick look around. Wondering what she was talking about, she said, That's all right. She said, I might sound rude, she said, but I'm just wondering if you're going to be using that picnic table for very much longer because I've got a crowd of people coming. We're having an Australia Day picnic together. And I said, no, you're welcome to the table. We're just going for a quick walk. And we couldn't take the dog down to the lake, so only a few of us went down and had a look at the first lake. There are five lakes in the area, and they're all joined up by a six-kilometre track. 
So we're going to go down there in the next few days and do a proper walk, do some exploring without the dog. Sophie and I took a few photos of the lake and Imogen and I talked about using the lake as a possible music video location. Yes, I think we've found another area that shows promise, a place where we can go and record some videos. I have just one more thing to share in this podcast. I don't know if this has been a very helpful podcast. I think I have told lots of stories about my family, but haven't actually mentioned much to do with unschooling. So I'm sorry about that. But I do have something useful to share before I go. And that is an unschooling science PDF ebook. I put this book together over the weekend. It has five unschooled science articles in it. Two of them are mine from my blog, and three of them were written by other unschooling mothers. And each of the five articles contains lots and lots of science links. Yes, it's an ebook full of science resources. So I'm hoping that there'll be something within those articles, some ideas, or some websites, or books, or whatever, that you might find helpful. Today I published a blog post called Unschooled Science. It's a guest post. It was written by Lucinda Leo from the blog Navigating by Joy. I'd like to thank Lucinda for letting me publish that blog post on my blog. She also let me put that post in my ebook. So I hope you'll hop over to my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family, and read Lucinda's blog post. And at the foot of her blog post, there is a link to my ebook, my Unschooled Science ebook. It's called Unschooling Science Stories and Resources. It has rather a nice photo on the front of it of a lizard. I think the lizard's eye will catch your eye. So please visit my blog and take a look at that ebook and the article. I'll put some show notes for this episode on my blog. I've still got my stories of an unschooling family Facebook page. I added a few more things to my Pinterest boards this morning. So that's a few places that you can find me. So I'm going to finish up this episode. Go and open the windows, put the fan on, try and cool down. I wonder what the weather is like at your place. I wonder if anybody else is sweltering or whether you're all enjoying cooler conditions. Well, wherever you are, I hope that you have a wonderful unschooling week. Lots of adventures, lots of fun, lots of love. I would like to thank you for listening to this podcast. And if you enjoy my podcast, it would be wonderful if you could write an iTunes review or even share the podcast on social media. Oh yes, I would really appreciate that. That would spread the word about unschooling. So until next time, I would like to say trust, respect, and love unconditionally. Mm-hmm.